Episode of the Bench Mob Podcast. We are back for a late night one. When y'all see this, y'all won't know, but this right now is two o'clock in the morning, and we are recording. We just really <laughs> built different. You're we love we love this thing, man. I'm joined. I can't say tonight. I'm joined this morning by Chris Moneybags, who upgraded from the first ever iPhone that Moses used to write down the Ten Commandments. You capping. How you feeling today? Feeling good, man. You know, th- throughout that uh, iPhone 8 Plus, you know, how to cop that 12 Pro Max, that Pacific Blue. I know y'all see it. Thing doing me nice right now, man. It's doing me nice. I love that full screen, but uh, yeah, man. Yo, these selfies about to start hitting, though, for real. I might, I might have to start posting on the gram again because this camera crazy. What are you doing, bro? You don't give free advertising on the show, bro. We got we got no bread. Apple not giving us no bread. I, I ain't say Apple, nor did I say my service provider. I said to ah, you right. <laughs> I did show it. I did show the Apple symbol, right? You're not giving a, no bread. You're not touching no you bread. Moved it closer to the screen so you can tell. Yeah, you Everybody saw the silhouette. <laughs> silhouette challenge. Joe also. This morning by Miles, the heavily excited man that is on a five-game winning streak for the New York Knicks, Julius Randle for MVP. How you doing tonight? This morning, my bad. I'm doing good. We one of the hottest teams in the league, so we want all the smoke. That's it. Got, That's all I'm gonna say. Y'all got Bobby Schmurter as your chaplain? No. <laughs> y'all been playing well since he's been home. I think y'all got like a over the last 25 games since he's been home, y'all like 22 and 3. Now you gassing. Murder. And of course, we are joined by the infamous, the most loved slash hated person on the show, Greg, debate your mother, Sinsmere. Hot takes. How you doing this morning? Oh, I love how you threw this in there. You know, I'm happy you said that too, because he put up a poll when I was talking about Braun and why dudes leaving the East. And Antonio worded the question in a way where it make it seem like I was wrong about what I was saying on purpose, bro. I'm, he made it seem, yo, I don't remember how you worded the question, but that's not what I said in the clip at all. <laughs> that's not what I said at all, Miles, at all. That's I swear, out of everything I love, that's not what I said. You be putting yourself in those positions, though. How? how? You, ever, hit, you, you, you ever seen him do that to, to Miles and I? That's because you becoming you becoming real aggressive and it make it easy to do that. You need, you needed the aggression, bro. <laughs> I follow with your aggression. I do that to gain their attention. 
they fall for it every time. So it worked. They end up watching the clip and be like, oh, that's nothing to do with it. But they already got upset. They already sent a DM. They already voted and said, no, Greg's drunk. It's all about it's all about gaining engagement. We're trying to get the we're trying to get our first sponsor. We're trying to get this bread. So y'all keep feeding into it. Greg is doing a great job. He is he's our Stephen A of the show. He's very good at drawing y'all in to for y'all not to be right. Greg, before we even start on our docket, is Lamarcus Aldrich a Hall of Famer? Shout out to him for making that grown-up decision to not play with put health over the game of basketball. And we saw plenty of times players that wouldn't do that. Shoot, Chris Bosch was still if he if somebody were able to sign him, he would come back today. Chris mm-hmm. Bosch was still trying to come back and putting ball over health. So mm-hmm. it's your Hall of Fame in your eyes. I've been debating this all day because his Blazers, his Blazers stretch was incredible. Um, and, and most people don't remember, I'm, I forgot he played with Dame earlier on in Dame's career. I actually forget those days. Um, LaMarcus is incredible. Do I think he's in the Hall of Famer? No. Um, I, I don't think he, at one point he was the, uh, the best power forward in the league. He may have been team. I think it was a time where he was top five power forwards in the league. But is that what we're doing it off of? I mean, he, he's a trailblazer, ring of honor, Hall of Fame guy there. He's a retired number 12 there. Um, but if you're gonna the standard for Hall of Fame for me is were you the best at your position or top two at your position and considered a superstar in your era? Were you considered a superstar? And I don't think at any point in his career was he considered a superstar. He's considered a star, an all-star, a very good player, but never a superstar. So the, the bar is high. So um no, he was never a superstar, but yo, he had an amazing career. It's okay. Not everybody's gonna be a Hall of Famer, and that's fine. That's not me taking away from what he accomplished. He was an incredible, he's an all-time great blazer. Um, he would be the greatest blazer of all time if Damian Lillard didn't exist, but he does. So, yeah, man. Um, and, and I know people want to talk about some Bill Walton. Listen, Miles, Miles, you put the bubbles by Miles. Head, you think about Bill Walton right now? I wasn't. I was thinking like what, like Clyde Drexler would he no. be? No, no. I was thinking Clyde. I was thinking Clyde too. No, I was thinking Clyde Drexler. Clyde could no. We see. That's the thing too, son. Like Clyde got Clyde's got the the fact that he played a long time ago on his side. I'm not saying he wasn't a good player, or even a, a great one, but come on, son. Let's not do this. Let's not do this whole 90s versus now. Dame is so much better than Clyde. Oh, we agree on that. No, but yeah. I'm, but I'm saying he's not better than well, Lamarcus, Lamarcus isn't better. Oh, you saying Lamarcus? I think Lamarcus is better than Clyde. Well, look, if Lamarcus stayed there, he could have been in the same situation as Clyde. No ring. And just would have been a nice little story in Portland. That's it. So it would have been oh, the same thing. And then in that case, then we're going to put the stats next to each other. And Clyde blows him out the water. He left and got no ring. Lamarcus, no? He would have got no ring. If he played the this season, he would have got no ring. All right, relax. It would have been no ring. <laughs> You're doing a lot. <laughs> like, it's a common theme here. Portland, no ring. San Antonio, no ring. Brooklyn, no ring. He has one ring, though. He's married, so. That's the most important ring you can get in life for everybody that's watching the show. That's a very important ring. Guys, first of all, you're right. Absolutely. It's a big ring. Are, are, are you are you guys um are you guys agree with him not being a Hall of Famer? What do you guys feel about it? I agree. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's been solid, like really good for most of his career, but like you said, he's never really taken that next step to 
like taking over games and leading his team solely on his shoulders to success. Like even those Portland years, he had a young Dame right by his his side. I, I don't know. Did he play with Brandon Roy back then too? I'm, I'm wondering. So even then, yeah, even then, yeah, even then, like that's another guy whose career got cut short. But even then, he wasn't the best guy on his team. So, I mean, not everybody's gonna make the Hall of Fame. So we can't just. That's always gonna be the debate when somebody retires. Like, oh, is this guy a Hall of Famer? Is he not? It's like probably not. Like he he doesn't have any rings to show for it. A couple All Star appearances. I mean, he just fell short of 20,000 points, but all that doesn't equate to, like, being a Hall of Famer. He might be a Hall of Famer at some point down the road, like one of those old-timers who waits 40 years to get in, but he's not Mm going to make it, like, first ballot. Yeah, Yeah. I can only echo what you guys are saying, but, like, uh, we got to stop equating someone's NBA career based on, on the Hall of Fame, right? You know, just because you don't make the Hall of Fame doesn't mean you didn't have a great NBA career. And, and he's one of those guys that is an example that had a great NBA career, but he's not a Hall of Fame player. That's cool. You know, not there's going to be few and far between that are going to be Hall of Fame players. Like you got to be, like Greg said, you got to be elite. You got to be the best at your position and you have to be, you know, pretty much the best in, in your era. So that that's not many guys. And that's why, you know, the guys that do get into the Hall of Fame are, are the elite ones. Hall of Fame isn't a participation trophy. So, look, everybody can't get in. This, this It's like a club. It's like when you go to the club, the pretty girls get in and the other girls have to stay out. Transitioning, we talk about Hall of Fame. We talk about great players and performing in the playoffs. And Aldrich did not live up to expectations, I guess you can say. One player that we talked about last episode – that we have to talk about, Matthew Stafford. Greg mm. could play back the exact clip, which, you know, when we get our sponsors, we'll have the technology to do so, like on a first tape. He said Matthew Stafford, he would take over Kyler Murray right now. So we're going to start off and give you the floor. Explain to us why you believe Matthew Stafford is a better option than Kyler Murray today, present. Hold on, that's so interesting because this whole time I was thinking about it today, I'm like, yo, Greg really said – I thought he said the opposite. I thought he said he was going to take Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray over Matthew Stafford. So I'm like – I'm sitting here trying to think like, huh, what would make him think that the sample size is smaller? But go ahead, Greg. sample size is smaller, but I just feel like when you combine the level of experience that Stafford's had in the league, which is – experience is really, really important as a quarterback in the NFL. I think everybody can agree to that. Um, so experience matters. Kyle Murray – hasn't hit that rookie wall. He's, he's a really, really, he's a great player. He's going to be a great player in the league for a long time, and he could end up being better than Stafford down the line. But talking about next year, who I'm taking, I'm taking Stafford. Stafford has seen more defenses in the NFL. He's seen defenses try to confuse him. He's been around the corner. And also, beyond the experience part, he's not washed. He's a guy who can still go out there and rip that ball 60, 70 yards through the air. There are not many guys who have the same level of arm talent as him. And Kyle Murray's got a great arm, but I don't know that his arm's better than Matthew Stafford's. Yeah. I would probably take Stafford's arm over his arm. Um, I, he's, he's mobile in the pocket. He knows how to avoid the rush. He's tough as nails. Um, he's, I'm sure we've all seen that clip of him 
um, from NFL films where he gets the, his shoulder popped out of his socket and he goes down and leads him to a touchdown anyways. He's tough as nails. He's tough, too. And so he's made up all the right stuff. He just played for a bad organization where we couldn't see it. You know, and so we should knock him for that. He's great. He's, he's, he's a really, really great player. Last year, he had a couple no-look passes. He reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. He, he really does. He's a lot of Aaron Rodgers in him. But we just don't, we just don't see it on display because he played in sorry Detroit. And so I feel bad for him, but not getting to go to LA and getting a chance to play both Florida receivers like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and guys like that, right? Like he, he's gonna have a chance to do some really special things. They have a really they have a really good run game there too. Um he's not only is he a better quarterback than Colin Murray right now, he's in a better position than Colin Murray right now to do some serious damage next year. So there's that too. But nah, the arm talent's better for me. The experience factor is big for me with him. Um, and on top of that, the guy's been a leader for the longest time. You don't hear guys complain about playing with Matthew Stafford. That's never been the complaint. It's, it, the issues in Detroit, there are a ton of them. Matthew Stafford never came up in that conversation at any point. I never remember people saying he was a problem. That guy's been great since he got there. Detroit should have nothing but love for him. And L.A. should be celebrating because I think that they could win a Super Bowl with him for sure. And he's made of all the right stuff. He's led game-winning drives. I really don't think he was the, any of the issue they had. Like, really. Um, he, used, he kept running into Aaron Rodgers when he was in the same division as him, which those guys are going to fall short to Aaron Rodgers. But um, he's just he's just about there in terms of talent. So I, I'm going with him right now. But Kyle Murray's an ascending player, and, and Matthew Stafford is at the peak of his prime. He's at the peak of his power. So that's why I'm going Matthew Stafford right now as a better quarterback. But that's just my take on it. Just think so, about it. So you think LA is going to win a Super Bowl this year? So you're picking them over Tampa Bay. You're picking them over Green Bay. Oh, LA is definitely better than Tampa Bay. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, I don't know, y'all. I don't know what I'm all sitting there laughing for. I'm so sick. LA is better than Tampa Bay, bro. Quarterback. So you just mentioned, right? So you just mentioned experience. So what about that card? They have a quarterback that's been to the Super Bowl multiple times, been to the playoffs, deep runs multiple times. Yeah. Stafford can't say, can't, you know, have that same conversation. Aaron Rodgers, been to the playoffs multiple times, won a Super Bowl. You think in that first year they're going to be able to get to the Super Bowl and win it? Let's talk about this. Hold on. What are the Packers going to get better? What are the, have the Packers made serious improvements since last year? They resigned their, the biggest story they're offseason is they resigned their running back. That they were they were thinking hard about not about not signing almost. They brought him back. They brought back Jones. That's it. That's 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 all they've done. They they don't do they haven't done Aaron Rodgers any favors. They used the first round pick on Jordan Love. They could have gotten a guy like Brandon Ayuk, who's on the 49ers now, and got him wide receiver. They didn't do that. So I mean now hopefully this year they do that. They get a, there'll be plenty of wide receivers to go around. Hopefully this year they do that for him. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. They're gonna go address like they're gonna get like a center or something. It's, it's Wisconsin. You like big guys out there. It's cold. Like they're gonna do something like that. Like that's what so they're what gonna about do. Tampa. So Tampa is reloaded. They brought back all their guys, but Aaron, Tom Brady's another year older. I yo, I'm not playing this game with Tom Brady, bro. No, 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 I don't look like that because you know what? He's he's 40. What is he? 43 now? He's 43. Don't matter. It don't matter. He's... No, it matters. Okay, we're not talking about LeBron. We're talking about Tom Brady. This man is he is he is not the athlete that LeBron is. Let's not have that conversation. Yes, Tom Brady deserves credit. He's been incredible. He has the experience factor. He's been in the playoffs. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm saying that right now. But if you ask me who's better, who I'm taking next season, it's a lot of quarterbacks I'm taking over Tom Brady next season. 
It's a lot. I'm taking Matthew Stafford. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking I'm, – I'm probably taking Josh Allen next year. I'm probably so taking who, who are you taking to win, though? Like, if you want a, a quarterback to build around and win next year. Well, for what, for one year? Yeah. Like, that's what Tampa Bay did last year. They brought him in and they X'd out Jameis Winston, and you saw the big difference that made. Yeah, well, yeah, because Tom didn't <laughs> come in the game and throw 50 interceptions. But, yeah, you, you, like, it was it was addip- addition by subtraction. There, no, look, they could have traded for Matthew Stafford and won a Super Bowl at that time. No, 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 no. Oh, oh in. man. It's Tom Brady, though. It's Tom Brady. Hold on. All right, let's have a hard conversation about Tom Brady real quick. So, Tom helped, Tom definitely helped them last year. Was he the reason why they won the Super Bowl, the sole reason? Because this, 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 this conversation really has been bothering me, bro. It's not sitting right in my spirit. But when is it ever just solely on the quarterback, though? There's always other factors. All we ever hear about is the quarterback. We don't hear about Shaq Barrett. We don't hear about JPP. We don't hear about the defensive line, how great they were. We don't hear about the fact that they played against That's him. a lie. That's a lie. Bro, they talk about Shaq Barrett so much this season, this past season. Who? What were you watching? <laughs> Bro, everybody. They can talk about Shaq Barrett, his defense. He, he had, what, the second most sacks? We, what was it, 22 and a half sacks? I don't know if it was that many sacks. I mean, I, and he, had a, he had a lot of sacks. He had a great season. But I'm saying I all I ever hear about is Tom Brady, okay? Yeah, but, I mean, yes, yes, he was the center point of the story because that's because he was going for, what was it, sixth, seventh ring? I don't, I don't even know how many rings the guy got anymore. But, like, but he's the reason why they won the ring. I can tell you uh, wholeheartedly no. In that Sands game, he was not that good. In that Packers game, he was not good. Nah, their defense balled out all season. Huh? Their defense balled out all season. So their defense and the fact that they surrounded him with pieces all year and they had a really good run game. In fact, if you guys remember, they were struggling when they were throwing the ball earlier in the season. They, it's not until they went to the run game with, with Rojo and uh, Leonard Fournette that they didn't turn that they turned it around. It wasn't about Tom Brady. Tom Hold Brady up. was the ultimate game manager this year. He was a game manager. Can we just admit it? He's a game manager. So this didn't factor in the whole COVID and limited time in the offseason and Guys not knowing anybody, so the chemistry was off. That didn't factor in at all. Tom Brady looking old at times has nothing to do with how much time. <laughs> <laughs> he still threw like 36 touchdowns, though. Yes, Tom Brady's incredible. But hey, listen, bro, if you give anybody a great O-line, Tristan Wirfs was one of the best left tackles in football as a rookie. As a rookie. Like, there are a lot of things that factor into that guy's success. There just are. Okay, thing that it really all clicked for them. Okay, he had 36 TDs, yes, but when you give me Donkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, Antonio Brown, uh, Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota, the steal they got, when you draft well too, when you get all these pieces, what was he supposed to do? What was he? Any, anything less would have been a disappointment. He was the ultimate game manager. I mean, there are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL who could have gone out there and thrown 30, 36 touchdowns to that receiving core. Period. For real. Like that's. that's this is where it's different now. So we could plug in, for example, we could plug in Dak, and he would have thrown three, 36 touchdowns. But mm-hmm. the thing is that with Tom Brady, as you have said, the experience, Tom Brady just knows how to win at this point, whether he's a game manager, whether he's getting – he knows how to win. And Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Danny Doms, they don't know how to win yet. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love Daniel, Daniel Jones, he has nothing to do with this conversation. And and Dak Prescott and Matthew Stafford don't belong in the same sentence. 
because Dak is helping significantly better than him. Tone crazy. Yeah, he said he did. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Daniel Jones, but <laughs> the conversation the conversation revolves around Matthew Stafford and guys of that talent level. Um, yo, we talking about guys like Kirk Cousins winning felt winning up getting into the playoffs and things like that, right? With the with the Vikings. But what what do you think Matthew Stafford really about to do this year, bro? It's gonna be crazy. Just stay healthy. Teams stay healthy. They're gonna be they're gonna be dangerous. But Tom Brady conversation is a whole different one, bro. He's a game. He's a glorified game manager. Speaking of health, speaking of health, you mentioned a run game. Cam Akers got injured actually twice last year, had to be sidelined a couple games. So he needs to be healthy for that run game for Matthew Stafford. Stafford, 0-3 career and postseason starts. His postseason, four touchdowns, three interceptions in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. We mentioned a bunch of quarters like just now. Dak, we mentioned Danny Dons, we mentioned everybody. We're going to transition. What is, because of this conversation, it kind of, you know, just stirred up. Who are our top 10 quarterbacks going into this season? Uh, so, Chris, you started off. Who your top 10 quarterbacks in order, 1 to 10? I, I'm going to go. You can start, start at 10 and go up to 1, however you want to do it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Mahomes at number one. Um just with everything he's done over the over the past, uh, you know, two seasons. Um, I'm going to go Rodgers at number two. I'm going to go – ooh. Woo-hoo. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go who, – who I got at number three? I'm going to go Brady at number three. I got to go Brady at number three. Just And I'm going based off what he's done in his career – I know he's getting old, Greg. I know you're sitting there rolling your eyes, but based off him when, coming off that Super Bowl win last year and him still still looking like he can play another three, four years, I'm going I'm to put Brady at number three. I'm going to go Russell Wilson at number four um, just because, I, again, I think he's spectacular too. Regardless, uh, I'm talking about when, – when I'm giving this list, I'm talking about individual talent. I'm not talking about the – the old line that they have coming into the season, I'm talking about what they've done over the past few years and, and how they're going to – like how, how I still think they can play. So we got Russell Wilson at number four. We got um, – I'll probably put Watson at number five. Probably. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put, put, put Watson at number five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put Watson at number five. Number six, I'm going to go um, Josh Allen. Number seven, I'm going to go – oh, see, now it's getting tough. Number seven, I'm going to go Matthew Stafford. Number eight, I, a big part of me wants to put Lamar up there. I'm, I'm going to lock Lamar in at number eight. Number nine, this is where it gets tough. Number nine, I'm probably going to put – Mm, this is gonna be controversial. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put Cam. I'm gonna put Cam at number nine. I'm gonna put Cam at number nine, and then number ten. I'm trying to. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really trying to think, like, cause I, I'm trying to think who I'm missing. Cause I know there's gotta be somebody that I'm missing. Um, you Russell Wilson already? Yes. Yeah, so I said Russell Wilson at number four. <laughs> 
gonna put I'm gonna put Dak at number ten. All right, we're gonna run down the list. Chris has Mahomes number one, Aaron Rodgers number two, Tom Brady number three. We have Russell Wilson number four, Deshaun Watson five, Josh Allen six, Matthew Stafford seven, Lamar Jackson at eight. Um, Cam Newton at nine and Dak Prescott at ten to round it out. Yo, listening back to that, that's a crazy list. <laughs> that, that's that's yo, yo, Miles is funny as hell. But that's that's crazy though, bro. I feel like I feel like the first like first six picks were solid. I mean, I mean, because that's gonna that's gonna change by preference. But it's not like I said fucking throw Ben Roethlisberger at at number one. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not even in the top 10. Go ahead, though. Let's hear it, Miles. Go ahead. Let, let's hear it. It's your greasy self. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, chill. Um, <laughs> so, my number one guy, I'm going to put Rodgers. I think that with what he's been given to go out on the field with, Especially, like you said, they took Jordan Love when they could have surrounded him with more talent. But instead, they took a quarterback preparing for his drop-off, which that might not be for another 10 years at this point. I think that he's the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, and, of course, second, I got Mahomes. Um, Mahomes. Mahomes, he's talented. He's got probably the best core of weapons in the league or one of them at least. So, but he, he is talented. Number three, let me see. Of course I got to go with Tom Brady against, against Greg's best wishes. Cause you know, I, he, probably, he probably has him at 15 or something, but um, you can't, you can't knock winning. Like Tom Brady just wins every year. Clearly it's not the system. So you see what's happening here though. Like, our number two, uh, my my first two picks and your first two picks are reversed, and we both had Tom Brady lock in at three. So stop acting like I'm crazy, but keep going. No, I'm not acting like you crazy about, about that. I'm all right. That we, we, yeah, we will, we will keep going down the list. Keep going. Um, number four, Russell Wilson, of course. Um, he should have two Super Bowl rings, but you know, Pete Carroll stay holding him back. Uh, Deshaun, clearly, he's a top five quarterback. If he had a better record and more weapons, I'd put him top three, honestly, because he's that talented. He's probably right up there with Rodgers and Mahomes is the most talented quarterback in the league right now. Um, six. Hopefully it's not a one-year fluke, but I think Josh Allen, he made a, a big leap this year. Seven. Seven. I think I'm going to have to go with Stafford. I'm going to rock with Stafford at seven. Bro, we got the same order right now from three through seven. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely have on, one bro. guy who's probably not in my top 20 on your list. Dude, um, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> um, number eight, I got Dak. I got Dak number eight. I think that people sleep on him. He's not as bad as you think. Like, he's he's one majority of his, his career, and I think he's only going to get better from here. Record against top 500 teams, against 500 teams. What's his record? 
Uh, Are we looking in the past now, Greg? You just gonna cut me off? You you got your listen a little bit. We'll we'll hear. Um, Number nine. This might be the controversial one. I think Justin Herbert. I'm gonna put him number nine. I think that I like that. I like that. His rookie year probably one of the best we've seen from a quarterback just coming into the league. And one, he didn't start the season as the starting quarterback. He if not for a punctured lung, he might have sat a little longer, but, you know, I don't want to get Greg started. But that season was crazy last year. Like, Justin Herbert came into the league just lighting it on fire, and he looked like the best quarterback in that draft class last year. And no offense, Chris. but um, And then number 10, I'm going to put Kyler. I'm going to put Kyler Murray there. I think that he's another ascending player that he's so dynamic. Like, I think – He's way more dynamic than Lamar is, honestly. That's not a hot take to me. I think that he's more dynamic than Lamar. Who? Justin Herbert? No, no, no. I'm talking about Kyler Murray. Okay. That's controversial. He's more dynamic. I think that his. (laughs) Okay. He might not be a better runner than him, but we know that Lamar is very limited as a passer. So I definitely give him the, the nod over over him in that category. That's my top 10. So we're going to go back. Rodgers, Mahomes, Brady, Wilson, Watson at five, Josh Allen at six, Stafford at seven, Dak at eight, Herbert at nine, Kyler Murray at 10, no Lamar Jackson, and no Cam Newton a part of his list. Greg, your top 10. Top 10. Is not top ten anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going off a of hope for what I can see from him this this season. <laughs> if you're doing by projection, this whole list is different than. Yeah. You're doing it by just by merit, right? Who's we're doing we're doing it by merit. He was he was my hope though for you know he, he was the exception. Go ahead yeah. though. Yeah, it's based off of merit. Top ten quarterbacks that we see right now. Obviously, right. we can't really project it because we only know who got drafted and whatnot. We're going to be in a position and, you know, have more weapons, all that. So, right now, top 10. My, my top 10, Aaron Rodgers, number one. Patrick Mahomes, number two. Uh, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson at the three spot. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson at the four spot. Okay. All right. Like, don't, don't, don't look like that. All right. Deshaun Watson at the four spot. Um. And then we're gonna go from there. Uh, I think I think Tom would round up the top five. To be quite frank, I think Tom makes the top five, um, just off the experience piece and the, the weapons he has around him. Uh, so that we'll do that. Uh, and then we're, from there, we're gonna go. Um, this is tough. I, I I really think Matthew Stafford's gonna crack this list here. <laughs> Matthew Stafford's gonna be my my sixth spot. Uh, Matthew Stafford. Um, and this is where the list gets tough because <laughs> you think about all the quarterbacks in the NFL. That was Josh Allen yet? Josh Allen's my my quarterback here at, at the seventh spot. Um, at the eighth, God, this is crazy. Yeah, um, at the eight, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. Just all the talent piece a little alone. Um, they can get my receiver. Things can look a little different. At the nine, I'll go Kyler Murray. Uh, I like Kyler Murray a lot. Um, obviously super talented. And at my 10, 
10 spots probably the hardest spot to fill to be quite honest with you at 10 I know I heard Herbert in there Herbert's Herbert's a nice choice um I'd probably I'd probably go I'd probably go the same way honestly I think Herbert um is gonna be really really good for a long time for the Chargers so I'll go I'll go Herbert at 10. All right, going back off of your list, we got Rodgers, Mahomes, Wilson, Watson, Brady to round out the top five, Stafford, Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Justin Herbert as the final five for your list. My list goes like this. Patty Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Tom Brady, singles out my top five. Josh Allen at six, Lamar Jackson at seven, Dak at eight, Kyler Murray at nine, Justin Herbert at ten. If I left Dak out of mine, who got it? You have over yours, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Stafford. I don't have Stafford on my list. Okay, now you know you're not a big Stafford guy. Okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah, staff, everybody's list but mine. There's Cam and only one list. Um, <laughs> there's hey, you, hey, you lucky I ain't say Baker, bro. <laughs> Woof. I, I think that would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't, hey, here's all I got to say about this, yo. Make sure you post Chris's uh, top 10 so you can get some comments. <laughs> don't, don't, Go ahead. Go ahead. You gotta be equal opportunity with this hate stuff, bro. You gotta get <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, it's times when we post hot takes from other people, it still don't get the same energy you get. You get you get a different type of hate, bro. It's just really true. Chris said, yo, it, <laughs> it's so true. Chris says that, and they're gonna just be like, yo, what what, what Greg said this time? He's gonna <laughs> yeah. so yo, I'll tell you this though. I'll tell you this though. The one person who I didn't mention that's on this li- that's not on this list that will be in uh, next year's conversation for this don't list. Say, don't say Trevor Lawrence. Yo, Burrow. Trevor Lawrence, come on, man. We ain't talking about sunshine. Hey, my... <laughs> <laughs> we're not let, doing. Let, this let me let, let's let's get to. We'll talk about this because like, this this is gonna be cool. This, the, the the back end of this top ten makes it makes me really really optimistic for my guy. That's all I'm gonna say. Danny Dimes makes me very optimistic. If, if he has a good season, yeah, yo, well, you act like we we think he's a bad quarterback, and that's not the case. because because you be saying you so Greg, you be saying oh he's a top five quarterback in this league because you be talking out your ass. I that's never, why. I never, I never said that. Don't you misquote me again? Nah, that's, you, that's he, literally saying that. Nah, you be saying that. You be like, yo, yeah, yo. Give him give him two years, he's gonna win a Super Bowl. Like what? I, I literally never said that. I said give him uh, you a liar. Yo. I, be, I never said that. Miles, back me up, bro. I know I said he can win a Super Bowl. Yo, you can run back and take. You can run back and take, bro. I said he can win a Super Bowl down the line. I also said that he in, in that after this season, he'll be considered a better quarterback than Josh Allen. That's what I said. I don't know. It's it's not an incredibly high bar. So that's borderline top five. That's, that's top seven or eight. We, we, we all had Josh Allen at, at seven. I think Greg had him at – or somebody had him at six. I so, yeah, seven. I mean – I had him at seven, I think. Yeah, I, I, seven. Everybody outside of Greg had Josh Allen at six. 
Okay. So he's in everybody's top five. Obviously, Rodgers and Mahomes, that's the same interchangeable for everybody. So It's so funny. I don't have Josh Allen over Tom Brady in my top ten for all the reasons that I think that Daniel Jones will ultimately be better than him for. Yeah, but why, why do you why do you think that? Like, what what has Josh Allen done to make you think like, oh, uh, Daniel Jones is gonna be it's gonna be easy for him to surpass him? Like, I'm not saying Josh easy. Allen had a great year last year, and he he can do more with, with the ball than than Daniel Jones can. Yeah, they can both run, but like, yeah, you see Daniel Jones running over anybody? Absolutely not. You I see him. You see him diving it. I seen Daniel Jones run over dudes. No BS. Not on purpose. That's on purpose. <laughs> he trucked the Redskins safety. That don't matter. Trucked the Redskins safety. Watch the tape. He he trucked the Redskins safety. I'll never forget that play. I was surprised by it. I didn't see that. Shit. Yo, let me just. Yo, yo. Daniel Jones is just more is gonna be is gonna be more accurate in the football. He's a better finesse thrower than than Josh Allen is. He layers his throws better. He's better. He, he can. He has. He has more touch in the intermediate game. And his his deep ball is just it's he's he's a better natural deep ball thrower. Just because you throw the ball hard and far doesn't mean you're you're a great deep ball thrower. That doesn't mean you can throw it a long way. A lot of dudes can go can go throw a football a long way. Are you good? Are you naturally good with accuracy down the field? Do you throw the ball with touch and finesse? Daniel Jones is one of the best throwers of the football in the league, bro. Just wait, just wait. I I, I cannot wait till I'm right about this because yo, when I'm right about it, you're not gonna hear the answer. How sick are you going to be, though, if he has a horrible year this year, though? He won't. Because we're running all this back. He won't. Post after post, right? When the Giants, when the Giants draft Devontae Smith and he's loaded, we'll, we'll see. Get back to me then. Because on draft night, I'm losing my mind. Are we live Are we live on draft night? Yeah. We should be. That's like you a four-hour show. Damn. We sent the – nah, first round only. First round. First round. First. Yeah, first round. Four hours. I have to make sure I get to Pittsburgh in time. I have to make sure I get to Pittsburgh around the time the show starts. I, I know I'm going to be on the road, but oh, no matter, no matter what, I'm on. I'm on. Um, just wait. They draft Devontae Smith. It's up. Don't. It's up. It's, 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 hey, it's, yo. If you watch this, we're going we gonna to have to connect. Cardi, we be showing you a lot of love on this show, bro. Up and it's stuck. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna we're gonna have to have some type of collaboration. We're gonna have to do a music video with the bench mob or something, bro. Like, hey, what'd you say? Is big bags busting out the Bentley Van Tega? <laughs> Facts. Somebody else that's getting some big bags and continues to keep getting big bags. The Davian Clowney was signed by the Browns. He got another one-year contract, eight million dollars, with incentives can go up to ten million dollars. Guaranteed. What does this mean for Cleveland? I I think it's it's a a good signing, um, only because it's not. I mean, I, I think they they definitely overpaid him just based on on his production. But then again, it's like it's only eight million. He has been three Pro Bowls, right? Um, but for the season he had last year, coming off of that, I I was expecting him to sign like a one year five million dollar deal or something like that. Um, People forget he was a first-round pick, and he hasn't lived up to that expectation. You look at other first-round picks um, that have lived up to that, like Miles Garrett, for example, his counterpart, his teammate on, on the other side. You know, that's what you expect from, from a first-round pick, that type of production. But the the good thing in Cleveland's uh, part for this is that it's going to take a lot of pressure, hopefully, off of Miles Garrett and free one of them up. You know, my, uh, 
Jadavian Clowney back with the Titans um, last year. He played eight games, I believe, and had no sacks. Um, but if he comes healthy and, and he shows the, the force that he once was when he, when he was a Pro Bowl caliber player, um, there's no way you're going to be able to double team him on one side and Miles Garrett on the other. So um, the good thing is it can, you know, take some pressure off of Garrett um, and allow them to thrive on defense. But this is going to be a big year for him. You know, he, he's been hurt the past few years, hasn't played, you know, full 16 game seasons. Again, last year, only eight games, didn't have any sacks. So it was a big disappointment. Um, but he said it. He said, hey, man, I want to get back to my old self. You know, I've been to the Pro Bowl. I want to prove that I'm, I'm still me and I can still dominate and that, you know, when I line up against somebody, like, they know I'm here. So um, for him, the main thing for him is going to be he has to stay healthy and um, just be consistent. And I, I think this is where a lot of people are, are thinking, like, hey, this guy needs to be a star, and he doesn't. You were a first-round pick, but, like, He's been in the league eight seasons already. Like he's been he's been in the league a while now. So like, this is his third team in what the past three years. Like at this point, no one is looking for you to be that standout star. They just need you to be consistent. And I think for him, if if he can stay healthy and, and show up first team, they just got rid of Sheldon Richardson. Um, so they're really looking for for him to play a lot of games this this year and and show up. So if he, if he can stay healthy and stay consistent. Um, he's going to make an impact on that, on that defense, because again, it's going to allow Miles Garrett to free up. Do you think, does anybody, you know, think that they could be a dominant duo, kind of like Marcus Ware and Von Miller, Cameron Wake or Olivier Vernon? Like, could they get anywhere near that? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that Clowney's on that type of level. And I think his, his pass rushing ability is a little limited. Like he, he's mainly like a bull rush kind of pass rusher. Like he doesn't really have that many moves. That's why he's never had, I think, double digit sacks in the, the NFL. So, I mean, it's a good pickup because it's a low risk, high reward. Like right. you could, it's only a one year deal. It's not like you're signing him for four years, 60 mil or on some Bud Dupree deal. Like, this is a, a one-year deal. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you don't lose any sleep over it because he won't be here next year. So, hopefully, Clowney can just find his niche in the league before he just flames out. Kind of similar. I, I was going to compare him to Mario Williams, but I don't even think he's on that level. Um, I don't know. I think he just needs to find his niche in this league. Like, he... He's not good at pass rushing, but everybody knows he's good at stopping the run. So if he can come in and help that run defense a little bit and he might get a couple sacks just off of the fact that he's got an all pro on the other side of him, then great. That helps the Browns out immensely. But he just has to stay healthy. Like he's never been healthy in consecutive seasons. Like he's always broken down. Like last year – played eight games, little production. Now, hopefully, he can come into this season healthy. I mean, even dating back to his early years when he had, I think, what what was it, microfracture surgery on his knee. That's one of those surgeries on your knees that you're not going to last that long with a surgery like that. Like, you're going to break down over time. So, hopefully – he lasts a little bit for Cleveland. This is a chance for them to make a run. Like they, 
they clearly see that this is they, they have a shot. There's a window there with this team, especially before you pay Baker to make make a run at this. So why not take a risk with Clowney? Because I mean the guy has talent. He's he's got talent. It's just that you gotta be one healthy and two productive on the field when you're out there. So we'll see. Greg, are they getting anything out of Clowney? Yeah, but I think Miles hit the nail on the head for me. I was listening to a podcast on the way uh, back home tonight, and um, Bomani Jones mentioned that he talked to a league source that told him that uh, Jadavian Clowney's admitted to people that he should be better than he is. He didn't work on his pass, his pass rush moves. He didn't refine his skills. He's a guy who's always gotten by on talent, so he shouldn't be in this position. He should be in a position where he's getting more money. He should be in a position where he's more wanted around the league. Um, being picked up this late for a player of his caliber. There aren't many prospects who came out of college looking the way Jadavian Clowney has from a physical profile standpoint. Like, he's got one of the best physical profiles in NFL history. Many single defensive players. So, like, he's got to be – it's it stinks because he's never realized his full potential, but he'll help them. I mean, he'll help them. He'll stop, help stop the run like he mentioned. He'll get a couple – he'll get – I think he can get at least five sacks this year. I'd like to think that he could do that. Um, cleaning up, cleaning up of, off of what uh, Miles Garrett leaves in his wake because they're gonna have to double Miles Garrett, you know. Um, so yeah, he's gonna help them. Is it is it a move that puts them over the top to get to the Super Bowl? No. Um, their their issues were in their backfield more than anything else. I think they had tried they addressed that. They did a good job. Um, we'll see how it all works out for them. But uh, that team's a team that should be a dark horse Super Bowl contender. We'll see how it all works out. Uh, my main concern isn't really with Jadavian Clowney. It's more about how. Baker plays, how the backfield plays, how the, the, the defensive backs are, are guarding the pass. Um, they can do that well. They got a shot. They got a shot to make some real noise. But um, Jadavian is just another piece of the puzzle at this point. And it's sad to say that because he shouldn't be. He should be much more than that. But, hey, that would you get lazy. To hear that that's actually the case that he's admitted to people, that's sad to have that type of talent. And to just let it go to waste. So hopefully he makes the best out of this opportunity. Um Over. like you said, because of his physical profile, I think he'll still get a couple more chances, but they're gonna start drying up if you having seasons not getting any sacks, and that's literally your only job. They're not looking for you to come in and stop the run, just get some sacks, cause some havoc. And if you can't do that, might be curtain swung. Transition flag on the play. First one, West Virginia is offering 12K for people to move there, accept or decline. That's, that's, that's exactly what I'd expect from West Virginia. You got to pay, you, gotta, you have to pay people to move there. What is it? What is in West Virginia, though? Shout out to my guy, Wellington. That's my guy. That's my guy, bro. I, lo- I love Wellington, bro. But What's what's in what's in West Virginia? That one college. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're black, you're not moving to West Virginia, bro. West Virginia is the latest place to offer a relocation incentive to remote workers. Ten thousand parcelled out in monthly grants for your first year in Morgantown, with a two thousand dollar bonus to settle in for a second year. Morgan, and Morgantown's where the college is, yo. That's where West Virginia University is, I believe, right? It is. It is. So they got to pay. Let me get this straight. So they're such a 
poor, impoverished state, redneck state, that they got to pay people to move to the only attraction, the attractive area they have, which is their college a town. Where, just think about that, yo. Where else, where else in the country do they got to do that? Death Valley, Bro, California? I'm not moving to a town where Billy Joe Bob's hooking up with his cousin. <laughs> Period. I'm not going. I think I think, I think that just about sums it up. That that and and there's certain places black folks should never move to. Although uh, you know, so to, to a black person, this is not an appealing offer. Although I'm sure some people will take it up, take them up on it. Yeah, just to let you mention where else is doing this. Uh, this program is actually a program that's going around in the country. It's happening in Vermont, and it's happening in places like Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Topeka, Kansas. So mm-hmm. people, some- people would go to Vermont. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure what Tulsa is like or Topeka, but people would definitely go to Vermont. I know somebody person that went to uh, went to Tulsa. Um, oh. off, off this program. Tor- tor- yeah, your tornado season is crazy out there. Hey, I'll yeah, I'm not doing it. You taking Next- that money at a risk. <laughs> Next one. High school coach Barney Harris was shot and killed while trying to rob a Mexican drug cartel, except for the Klein. The Klein. This is the most predictable storyline ever. He tried to rob a drug cartel. Rest High in- school basketball coach Barney Harris. That doesn't even sound like a real name. Like that yeah, doesn't. I'll like figure it out. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna decline that. That's. It's sad, but I mean, that's what that's what happens when you mess with the cartel. So. Yeah, that's lucky that all that happened to him. The mm-hmm. cartel don't play it. I'm surprised they didn't like skin him alive. And put him on a meat hook. The, the uh, Sinaloa New Generation Cartel. So. Yeah, I don't know what else he expected. Next one where I don't know what this person expected. Somebody um, allegedly, the Vincent Spriggs has a broken eye socket caused by Aaron Donald allegedly, accept or decline. What in the what man in the right mind is gonna fight Aaron Donald? That that's what I'm saying. It's I don't know how true this is, but it was over bumps in the club slash like you're in my seat type vibe that caused an alleged, we don't know if Aaron Donald did this, but allegedly a broken eye socket. If Aaron Donald bumps into me, if Aaron Donald wants to sit down, you can have my seat. Yep, your seat. My bad for bumping, for you bumping into me, my bad for allowing you to bump into me. Right, I'm apologizing. You can have my bottles too. <laughs> You've seen the way this man looks, bro. He was taking grown 350 pound men off and lifting them off the ground, like for real, with one like, arm. He picks them up, which is why he's more athletic than Zion. But let's go. This man. <laughs> he's never gonna let this go, bro. Uh, I'm just saying, you over here talking about him like he's God. So if Zion was playing football, you have to be doing the same thing. Just picking dudes up, throwing them at the club, <laughs> throwing them at the club. Not nah, crazy, bro. But anyways, no, nah, 
Aaron Donald do you want to mess with? Aaron Donald got a face that says "Don't mess with me, bro." Aaron Donald looked like he's capable of horrible things. <laughs> that's, that's what that's what he looked like. <laughs> so I don't know what that guy was thinking. He lucky. He's lucky. All he broke was his eye socket. Yeah, hopefully the situation gets fixed. Hopefully Aaron Donald doesn't have to miss any football um, or jail time or anything serious like that. Um, and all the details come out to maybe it'll make sense why Aaron Donald allegedly broke a whole eye socket. It just sounds crazy. No, nah, it just came out. It just came out that the accuser just apologized because he thought it was Aaron Donald who hit him, but it wasn't. Right. How you how you mistake how you mistake a regular for Aaron Donald though? Unless you're trying to get some publicity. It also makes sense though. Like I'm saying, it makes sense that Aaron Donald didn't hit him because if Aaron Donald hits you, you might die. <laughs> so, so I don't think I, I don't think that I don't think that um your whole jaw getting fractured, not just your eye. Yeah, bro. And he might if he if he hits you in your chest, you're shit, you're just caving in. Cardiac <laughs> arrest on site. Cardiac arrest on site, bro. True. Man. So transitionist. Uh NFC East. We wanted to talk about this, but we needed to save this for a little bit more detailed time. Um, because if the NFC East doesn't go, Greg predicts he might have cardiac arrest. So <laughs> NFC East, who has the most pressure? We're not going to start in New York. We'll save them for last. And it's not a case where we're talking about saving the best for last. We're just saving them for last to give them the most time. Good clarification. He is saving the best for last. He's literally saving the best for last, by the way. Washington, whatever they decide to name their team, who has the most pressure in Washington? That's a, that's a, that's a really good one. I don't want to say Fitzpatrick because, I mean, he's just no. a German. And he's just. Oh, I think it is. It might be him. I was thinking him. But go ahead. You tell me who you think. I can tell you why I think it's Patrick. Go ahead. Because I was. I don't think it's Ron Rivera. I don't think he has any pressure on him yet. No, I don't think so. I, I think it's Fitzpatrick because the team, everyone raves about their defense, talking about how they're the best defense in the NFL. And with that defense, there's going to come some expectations that Ron Fitzpatrick should win some games. And he's up and, up and down. In fact, it seems like every time Ryan Fitzpatrick has a good year, like he did last year, he falls over the bad so, or subpar year than the following the next year. So if he's right on schedule with the way he does this thing, he should be bad this year. And that's not going to be acceptable with the defense that good. They're going to have to, they have to put up points. They have to be, they have, they have pieces on offense, right? They have Terry McLaurin. They have Logan Thomas. They have guys out there. Um, so and, they got Curtis Samuel too. Curtis Samuel never got, they added him. Right. Right. So, yeah, my point, my point exactly, right? You have weapons to go out there and play with. Can you make sure this, this offense is can carry its own weight? That 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 pressure's on him. The defense is gonna do what the defense does. They're gonna rush the passer. I don't know so much about stopping the run per se, but they're gonna rush, they're gonna rush the passer. Um their their defensive backfield's okay. Um, nothing to be scared of. I'm, I'm certainly not scared of it. But they rush the passer. That's where the strength of their defense is for real. The defensive line is is formidable. So with that being said. They're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna cause havoc on that side of the ball. Can Ryan Fitzpatrick carry his weight with the offense? Can he perform? It's about him. This is it all. It starts in the Ryan Fitzpatrick. Unless they go draft a quarterback to some and trade up for a quarterback in this draft and get Trey Lance something like that, or you know somehow somehow get one of those guys. 
um, it's going to fall on him to lead this offense and make sure that Taylor Henneke doesn't get a chance here to have his Cinderella stories. But, you know, when you leave the, when you leave your quarterback room in the hands of Ryan Fitzpatrick as your starter, you're not in a good position. In the QB room. And that's why I, that team, as good as their defense is, they don't, they don't, they're not that scary. They're, they're cute. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a cute quarterback. So it's fun to root for him. How, how old is Ryan Fitzpatrick? Do we know? How old is he? Got to be like 36, 37. 37. Yeah, something like that. I was going to say the same thing. Besides Fitzpatrick, the whole offense, with how good the defense is, not saying they're top five or anything like that, but that's their strong suit. So if you had some more help on offense, maybe they win a playoff game last year. Maybe because their defense is that good. But when you have your defense on the field more times than not, and if they're getting stops and you've got a quarterback that's getting you a field goal or that's doing a three and out, that defense is going to get tired. So even the best of defenses, if they go on the field 80% of the game, I don't care if they the, – the Bears' deep, elite defense or that Ravens' elite defense, they're going to get tired. So the offense in general has to step up this season for Washington, whatever they decide to choose they need to. So. Hold on. Who, who's the better quarterback between – did they even get better at quarterback? Who's better between Alex Smith and, and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick? Who's better? Fitzpatrick. Really? So you think, do you think they got better? Fitzpatrick yes. has two legs. Huh? Fitzpatrick has two legs. Damn. Yeah. All right. Who's the next team? Next team. I'm. Yo, you crazy. I'm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that. That. Um. I I mean, it is a huge jump, but it's it it, it definitely an improvement. Is Patrick a better thrower of football than than Alex Smith? Yes. Really. He takes risks. I'd rather my quarterback take risks than just dump it off to the running back twenty times a game. That's one thing we have in common. I hope that Fitzpatrick takes a lot of risks this season, especially with, <laughs> especially when they play the Giants. I'll, I'll be that. careful what you wish for. The, the Giants, you know what? Let's let's just keep going. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. The, the, the pressure's on the offense. It's on. I think Fitzpatrick more than the offense, but I think the offense in general is a good answer. I don't know if everybody else agrees, but I don't. I don't see where else the pressure in Washington is going to come from outside yeah, of. I yeah, yeah, I think we're all in agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of pressure on the front office to choose a name. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles, where is the pressure at in Philly? Is it on Meek Mill to not tweet anything crazy? Like, where's the pressure at in Philly? I think it's on the front office. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's on the front office, you know, getting rid of Carson Wentz. You know, it didn't work out, obviously. They they had issues, communication issues, trust issues. Um, I don't think it's on Jalen Hurst because, again, he, he the games that he did play last year, like, he, he played – he played well. He didn't play great, but he played well. He was a rookie, and, you know, he was going through those rook- – making rookie mistakes and whatnot. But, again, he's coming into his second year. They're going to expect improvement out of him. They're not going to expect to win a championship. So, um, I think it's on the front office to get him pieces in the draft. Um, you know, if you don't get Jalen Hurst pieces, you know, April 29th, then, like, w- what are you doing to put him in a position to, to win and be successful and, and be the quarterback of your future? Because you don't want to get in a situation – where after this season you're looking for another new quarterback. Um, especially, I mean, you just won a Super Bowl a few years ago. You want to be able to get back to that as quickly as possible. And if you made that big stink like you did last year and you felt Jalen Hurts was your guy, 
hey, now you, now you should be sticking with him. Now you should be building around him if that's the case. So uh, I definitely think it's on the front office. I think it's Jalen Hurts, honestly. I think that he didn't really show enough last year for them to be confident as to why you saw they were trying to make moves to trade up to get one of these top quarterbacks. But, like, he just has to show more this year. Like, he was an average quarterback in the games that he played last year, like 50% completion rate, uh, completion percentage. I mean, he's athletic, so he has that going for him, but we got to see if he's, if he can be the guy. Cause Bama didn't think he was the guy they replaced him with Tua. And I mean, Tua was shaky last year. So, I mean, Jalen, he can win. He's a winner, but I don't know. He, this might be a one and done, and they might be picking another quarterback next year. So he needs to kind of speed up that process of growth as a quarterback and make it happen this year, or else he'll be carrying the clipboard again. Yeah, but make what happen? Like, like what does he need to make happen? Because you know, like, does he need he to needs take to show to the he could do more than what he did last year? I mean, he right, benched so him he, for he, what? He needs to improve, right? Yeah. Okay. As long as long as your expectations are like, hey, he needs he needs to win a first round playoff game or something like that. I mean, that's that's not a bad a bad goal either. But again, like you need weapons to be able to do that. You can't go ahead and expect him in his second year to come out and and be a star. Yeah, but he's a second round quarterback where they they took him almost as a luxury last year, just in case Wentz went down again. And I mean, he he was there, so I think that. He's not the best option for them, but he's what they have going forward. So he needs to show that he can be that option going forward. I mean, I don't know if he is the guy in Philly. Like he could, like I said, he could be done there in the next couple of years if he doesn't show more. Like last year he had some weapons on that team, but they still benched him for you-know-who at the end. We're not going to go there, though. That was – that was a time of the season last year, but he's got he's got to show me something. Hey, complete sidebar. We're obviously not talking about this division, but is Tua really the guy in Miami? Can Miami be confident that hey, we should be, we should build around Tua for the next five, ten years, fifteen years? You got to give him more than one year to, to be able to make that decision. This is the year that he's able to show it. We can have this conversation after this season, but, like, when you interchanging him game after game with Ryan Fitzpatrick and not allowing him to get comfortable and build chemistry, like, that – and he was coming off an injury last year. Like, after this season, let's have that conversation. But, like, you got to give him a full sample for, for, for us to be able to talk about that. I mean, he did he play great last year? No, but did he play pretty well? Yeah, he played well. He won some games. But, again, like when you're flip-flopping him, all right, this game you're starting, next two games Ryan Fitzpatrick starting, you going back and you pulling him in the fourth quarter, um, the start of the fourth quarter just because you're down by a touchdown or, or two touchdowns and putting Fitzpatrick in, like one that's going to take apart a quarterback's confidence moving forward. And, like, you don't allow them to, to work through their mistakes and get better. Well, this front office is going to have to ride with this pick because they could have taken Justin Herbert, who's 10 times better than Tua. So if he's not close to what Herbert is, then front office getting fired. I mean, Brian Flores, I think, 
players don't like him down there, so he might get fired anyway. But he he's about to be on his way out too. So this could be something that Miami has all the pieces going forward, but it could be with other people making the decisions going forward. So I think Fitzpatrick kind of was the best option last year. You had shaking with shake shake in the background. So we know what Miami was trying to do. Um, Fitzpatrick was actually playing well. Like Greg said, this was his, maybe his year of scheduled. I play well. Then the next year I play booty. Once I get a contract to go to a different team, but he actually played well and they were actually in the playoff contention and they definitely should have actually gotten the playoffs and would have gotten the playoffs if they never bought to it. Hot take, whatever you want to say about that. If they never bought two wins, he's in the playoffs. So, so I, I think this is interesting. Hold on. You said something about Brian Flores. I think, I think Brian Flores is one of the best young coaches in the NFL. I really do. He's turned that thing around. He's turned that thing around. Those guys play hard for him. I, I, I don't know about, hey, I'm not questioning Miles' sources. I'm not questioning where you're reading it from. I, I don't know about how much those guys like him, but I know he's one of the best young coaches in the NFL. That team, that team, that Miami team turned it around real quick. But on tour, I, I thought it was really interesting because as, as Chris is talking about Tua, I heard, I heard a bunch of reasons why you shouldn't give up on a quarterback after the first year. I heard a bunch of reasons why, <laughs> why Tua didn't play well. I heard a bunch of that stuff. I, I heard so much. But when it, I love, I love the energy, bro, because they don't keep the same energy for everybody. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. It's really crazy. I'm just sitting there listening to them like, okay, so, okay, so you don't overreact. When Tua plays bad, when Tua plays badly, not that, not that I think that my guy has played badly. Badly is not the right word I'd use. Tua played badly. And Tua, Tua played badly, and it was like, he just wasn't hitting the target. Like the games where he got taken out for two for Fitz, they they handed two of the job, and he gave it back to Fitz. He did. It wasn't. It wasn't. A, they weren't generating offense. He was. He was. He had like ninety yards through three quarters, and they would take him out. So it's 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 Tua's fault that he was getting taken out of games. That wasn't something I had to worry about with my guy. Yeah. There was that was never a concern. It was never a concern about generating offense. I never really had to worry about that. All right, getting passing yards. So. Yeah, Tua has a lot to prove. We're gonna talk about Tua. Like, if we if we're on that topic, because I know Miles, my and, and, and yo, Miles is sort of fraud. So Miles, come on here, <laughs> come on here, and, and he and he says, "Oh, Herbert's ten times better than blah blah blah." And he's, he's that's a fact because Herbert's top ten. He's, he's better, better than, than Danny Dimes too. So don't better, he, don't, don't Herbert, bring Herbert in here. Herbert, no, don't don't do that because you changed the subject. Herbert is definitely better than Tua. We noticed. No one's debating that. Is yeah, about so he's better than Danny Dimes, Sorry. too. Don't just say Tua. You, you, no, you said that Tua is better than <laughs> Daniel Jones, and now you're over here trashing Tua? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. A guy who couldn't keep his job over Fitzpatrick. You know who Daniel Jones is beating out? Fitzpatrick. I promise you that. It's not even a conversation. It's not even a right. conversation. Like, it was hard to beat out Colt McCoy and whoever they had backing him up these last couple of years. Dan, Daniel Jones, yo, look. Yo, hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we transition into uh, to the Giants. Let's let's talk about who has the most pressure on the Giants. I want to talk about the city of the Eagles real quick. That trash dumpster fire of a franchise. Let's talk about them real quick. <laughs> they 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 cheated the game by putting Nate Sudfield in that game. The Giants should have been in the playoffs. That's fine. They cheated the Giants out of a playoff spot. It's totally okay. That's fine. If you look at who has pressure on them now, 
It's not. It's not Jalen Hurts. I don't even know why we were talking about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is. I don't know if this. If the Eagles want to really invest in Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to give him all the pieces he needs to be successful. All right. I, I can't. We can't say that. None of us can say that. What I can say is they went and hired a coach who looked like he was on crack in his in his first interview that he ever had. So the pressure's on that coach. It's on him. It's on the front office, but mainly him. What's he going to do? Because no one believes in that guy coming into the situation. They hired him. They, they, they bought him. He, he actually, he didn't have a suit. They, they called him up for an interview. He didn't even have a suit. So they all came in in like beach wear and vacation clothes, right? Button down t-shirts and like, and like the Hawaii themed t-shirts to, to make him feel comfortable, right? So you made him feel, so this, you're telling me if you did that for this guy, right? You made all these exceptions for this guy and, and you didn't interview the enemy, right? We're still sitting there without a job. You're telling me that this guy must be the reincarnation of of of, of John Bill of Parcells Madden, of Madden himself of of, of of Parcells, right? So there's a lot of pressure on him, right? You coming in a situation that team is is on the way down, they're declining, they're they're descending, not they're not ascending, and so he's supposed to bring them out of the, out of the to the, bring them to the promised land, right? Nick Nick Sirianni is his name, Nick Sirianni, Sirianni. I don't know what his Sirianni is his name. I think it is. So he's supposed to be the guy, right? So that's the pressure. The pressure's on him. The pressure's on this guy. Let's let's see what he's about. Did y'all see his first press? Did y'all see his first inter- interview? Yeah, horrible. Lusters. You might have to run a clip for the people, Tone. You might have to run a clip for the people when you win this clip because that's where the pressure lies. This is with him. They 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 went out their way to hire this guy. Like they literally went out of their way to hire him. So I'm not talking about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts gonna be fine. The guy's a winner. If it's not gonna be in the Eagles, it'll be somewhere else. He'll get a chance. But I'm not convinced they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna put all the resources into making sure he's successful. I don't know that for, I don't know that to be the case. I really don't. Um, there's a lot of problems in that organization, and I think it's really interesting to see how it all plays out there, um, especially with him being the head coach. So that's where that lies. We can get to the Giants now. We can talk about the Giants. Uh, yeah, that, that first his first interview it kind of reminded me of. In the Bible, when Moses told God, I'm not good at speaking, I stutter. And God had to give him his brother Aaron to speak for him. The Eagles should have did the same thing. They should have had a translator there to speak for him. <laughs> this is what he meant to say. This right. That should have made it seem like he could only speak Spanish. No hablo inglés. And then we could have had somebody else speak for him. But the Eagles organization. Y'all want to go to the Giants? Or y'all want to see the Giants last? Because we go to the Cal- I think that's pretty. Oh, yeah, you can talk about them too. And, and I'm gonna say this too, bro. Like the the bar is so low, the bar is so low for these white head coaches, bro. Can you imagine if 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 they'd brought in the enemy and he looked like that? What would happen? What they'd be saying right now? Right, it's so low, and, and that was the worst first uh, first like first interview I've seen any. Head coach had since Adam Gates, and he looked like he was drunk out on crack too. Hmm. You saw how that worked out. Hey, Miles know about that. Miles know all about. I know he know all about it. Yo, bro, come on, man. Yo, who has the most pressure over in um, Jerry World? Oh, we're not going with the Giants. Um, I feel like it's got to be Jerry. Honestly, like he keeps trying to stack the offense. With playmaker after playmaker after playmaker, but he's not gonna build that defense. Like he, he let Alden Smith walk, another talented player that they gave him a chance last year. And imagine what he could do with 
another year under his belt. And then now in the draft, they're talking about trading up to get Kyle Pitts, which even that just it, it almost doesn't seem real. It seems like a dream, like one of those fake articles people write, like, oh, Cowboys should trade up for this guy. It's like, no, they shouldn't. They need a cornerback. They need healthy linebackers on their defense. They need their high-paid guys on defense to play well. So, and who's paid him? Jerry. He's paid all these guys, and it's amounted to them being middle of the pack in the NFC. They always come in with all this hype, thinking that, oh, America's team, they're going to make a Super Bowl run this year. But they haven't made a run since Troy Aikman was quarterback. So, I don't know. Jerry Jones is – he's not a very good owner. My friend is a Cowboys fan. I have another friend on here who's a Cowboys fan, but he's he's lost his way. Um, <laughs> but he, we can all agree that Jerry Jones makes some questionable decisions. I mean, he made a smart one signing Dak, but he made a dumb one signing Zeke to the – to that long-term deal. I mean, that, as you can see, you don't need a, a high paid running back to win in this league. So he doesn't use his money, right? This team is worth so much, but he uses his money terribly. So I think the pressure's on Jerry Jones to build a winner because I don't know. I don't see him. He's going to be the owner for years to come until he probably dies. But I mean, I want to see him die with a ring and, die going out like this he's going out bad right now well before y'all go something that you mentioned america's team a lot of people get upset with that you really think about it they are america's team look at america trash mediocrity and a whole bunch of debt don't know how to use their money well they are america's team we just had trump for four years so dallas cowboys are america's team america ain't been great in how long yeah, I could go. Algie, that, 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 that's, that's well said. That that's powerful. a bar if I ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, no, that's well said. That's facts. That's fact. Um, the, the Cowboys' existential crisis is is with Jerry Jones. So, yeah, if you were talking about Jerry Jones, you could you always could move the problems back to him. The way Dolan's been a problem for the Knicks for God knows how long up until this year, the emergence of Julius Randle, right? You talk and about Barrett, but go on. Anyway, anyways, talking about the Cowboys, <laughs> talking about the Cowboys, <laughs> talking about the Cowboys. Um, Jerry Jones doesn't let football the football people make football decisions. He tries to make the big splash moves. He does things that will get people to talk. Last year, drafting CeeDee Lamb made no sense. Wide receiver was not a position of need. They didn't need to do that. And they had so many needs on their team, on their defense in particular. And it made no sense to go after the best player on the board in that situation. You had to draft for need. You had – that's why we talked about this. What do you draft – do you want to draft for need or do you draft for the best player available? It all depends on your team situation. It's all about context. That the, the Cowboys had needs that were bigger than wide receiver, and they didn't address them. They went with, with the sexy pick. And now they play – and last year they got torn up on defense. And now you're talking about doing the same exact thing, making the same exact mistake, getting Kyle Pitts because he's the best player in the draft. Right, that's where they're at with it, and he 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 is the best player in the draft. He probably is. It makes no sense for them to go get him. It, it doesn't help them. They're going to get torn up defensively. They they can't rush the passer. Okay, they gave away their best pass rusher. I, I don't even know what happened to Marcus Lawrence last year. I don't even think 
he got near the quarterback last year. How many sacks did that guy have? Six or seven for as much as he talks? Not enough. Not enough. For the money they gave him, they paid him. They paid that guy. So everybody underperformed on the defense. Jalen Smith had underperformed. Van Der Esch is always hurt. Like, they they have a lot of problems. They have a lot of problems on that defense they have to address. And going to get Kyle Pitts doesn't solve them. So – it is a front office issue. I don't put pressure on Dak. He's come back from an injury. He'll ease his way back into it. And with the offense they've put around Dak anyways, he's going to get sacked a lot. The offensive line is not the same. No one talks about that with the Cowboys. The offensive line is not the same since losing Travis Fredericks and those guys. So it's it's it, he's going to play well. He's going to throw for thousands of yards, but they're going to lose a lot of games. And they're going to be mediocre because they don't play defense. And I don't know that they're going to address that defense in the draft. I don't, Maybe there's the, the – uh, Kyle Pitts move rumors are smoking mirrors and they're just trying to I don't know what they're getting gaining out of it but um it, it should be interesting to see how they look this year but the whole the pressure squarely on the mediocre coach they hired and McCarthy and then also the front office who's, who's also been mediocre who have also been mediocre for a long time but that coach McCarthy is mediocre I, I, I'll, I'll I'll flat I'll say that I don't think that he doesn't do it for me he just, I don't think he does it for any Cowboys fans either I don't think it was the right hire, but hey, it's a retread. Retreads often don't work sports, but hey, yeah, y'all yeah, have fun with that. Jerry Jones, even his son, son Stephen Jones. Nobody makes good decisions there. Stephen Jones, I guess, can make somewhat good decisions, but when your daddy runs everything and he has the ultimate say, so it don't matter, like. I'm pretty sure this. I I, I want to believe Stephen Jones isn't as dumb as Jerry Jones, but we won't see till Jerry Jones ascends wherever he's going. So till then, it's Jerry Jones. <laughs> wherever he's going. Look, I can't put no man in heaven or hell. I don't know where this joke is going. Wherever he end up going, that's where we're going to see what Stephen Jones could do uh, outside of that. I think it's going to be another great eight and eight season for Dallas where it's a whole bunch of excitement. They're going to get four to five televised games. They're going to be on that Thanksgiving. It's supposed to be fans allowed back in. So Jerry Jones will get his money's worth. He's going to have everybody come in there and just suck. He'll sit in the press box. You'll see him on TV excited for that first down, but they're down for, 20 points, usual Dallas Cowboys stuff. Transition to the least important team probably out of this whole conversation. The New York football giants who play in New Jersey but celebrate everything in New York. Greg, who has the most pressure in East Rutherford, not New York, East Rutherford? Talk to us, Greg. You know, it's so funny. I Before I go – Reason why Tone even framed it like that, or the least least important team, is because he's mad that they're not in New York. If they had been the New York Giants and been playing in Manhattan or something like that, then maybe he'd feel differently about this team. Maybe, oh, yeah. maybe, maybe Miles would feel differently about this team. Maybe Miles wouldn't be a, a Jets fan, which makes no sense, right? Maybe he'd be a Giants fan. Maybe he would be. Oh the city, right? But um, yeah. Let's 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 talk about it. So the Giants, who has the most pressure on them? I think the answer to that question is pretty easy. Is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, they've invested on the offensive side of the ball, getting Kyle Rudolph, getting um, Kenny Galladay for him, who I think is going to be, yo, 
I don't think people understand how big of a move that is and how much it's going to help Daniel Jones. His numbers are going to be so much better this year because they have him. So uh, the offense as is, minus the draft, makes him a better player. But the pressure's on him. They fully expect him to take the jump this year uh, to being a quarterback that's at least top 12 in the league. I think he easily will make that jump. I think it's going to happen. You're going to see it. You're going to see the transition. He took care of the ball better to the second half of the year. So it's about him. It's about him. It's squarely on his shoulders. I don't think it's about Joe Judge. Joe Judge is a bright, up-and-coming young, young coach in this league. Um, I have I, don't, I have a lot of faith in him. I don't see any reason why someone would have doubt in Joe Judge and his ability. So it's about Daniel Jones. The pressure lies there um, as well. Um, so I'm, I'm going to leave it at that for now. I know that's not as much as you asked me a simple question, so I'm not going to go into a, a whole big view of the team. Not yet. But I'm going to let you guys chime in. And if I, was not, I think that was a fair response. Quick question. I don't know if you heard, the Giants are currently hosting free agent cornerback safety Jason McCourt. Oh, I know. Think about if they signed him, what do you think about that signing possibly? It'd be amazing. The Giants are doing this the right way. They're, they're, they have, they're going to have the best DB room in the NFL. That's, I don't think that's really a question. They're going to have the best DB room in the NFL without having the best defensive back in the league. They don't need Jalen Ramsey to have the best DB room to have the best set of defensive backs, to have the best secondary in the NFL. You don't. It's, it's really going to be uh, – James Bradbury is incredible, first of all. Bradbury is incredible. Adoree Jackson is a huge, a, a huge upgrade. You're going to – you have Xavier McKinney, who didn't play much last year, but when he did, looked phenomenal. And they're going to be able to get, get him on defense even more. They're so versatile back there. They have guys that can rush the passer. They got Jabril Peppers who can rush the passer, play linebacker too, and play deep safety on the hashes and guard deep, deep throws. Oh my God. And they have Logan Ryan. Yo, they're so versatile. They're going to be, they're going to be able to mix coverages so well. They're going to be able to play more man, which gets them more. They're going to be able to rush the passer more, which is why I think that people talking about the edge rushers for the Giants is a little overstated because they're going to be able to, to, to send pressure from anywhere. It, you're not going to know where it's coming. They're going to send it from Darnay Holmes blitzing in the slot. They're going to send it from – and I love Darnay Holmes, by the way, young and upcoming player. Like, the Giants' defense is going to be legit this year. Legit. It was really good last year. It was really good last year. I was smiling and smirking and stuff. I don't know what he's smirking about. It's nothing funny about the Giants' defense. And they were really good last year. All right? So, that – that and then you add McCourty, that that veteran in there. I don't expect him to play big, big – a lot of snaps, a high snap number. But I expect him to be a big part of the defense. And he's a guy that can help in and and protect against injuries. They're gonna have the best of the best defensive secondary in football. And in a league where they throw the ball now more than ever, you need that more than you need pass rushers. When when quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball in two point five seconds or even less than that, your pass rushers your pass rushers a little a little bit diminished. Chase Young didn't sack Daniel Jones last year. I, I didn't see it. Okay, like the value really is with a good DB now. DBs are more important. Than, than premier edge rushers. They just are because they throw the ball all the time. And if you can't guard that, if you can't play man and hold up, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how good your pass rush is because they're going to tire out. So the Giants are building this thing the right way. They really are. I'm excited about it. The McCourty edition would be huge. And I expect the deal to be done tomorrow and for the Giants fans to be celebrating again. Because as we know, the theme this offseason is when you go into the Giants building, you don't leave without getting signed. It just seems to be the way it works. So... Something as you just mentioned, you know, you're raving and ranting about your defensive defensive back, right? Just looking at your schedule, we're going to be able to see how elite this defensive backfield is. Okay. Start off in Chicago. 
Damn. quarterback situation is shaky. That's dumb. Dallas in Dallas. Dumb. Y'all, y'all schedule tough in Dallas in Kansas City. Patty Mahomes. That's tough. Okay, that's tough. At Los Angeles, play the Chargers. At New Orleans, y'all gonna see Jameis. So, that's a dub. Just that defense is elite. I mean, Jameis, the Saints. The offense will be elite when they draft Devontae Smith and they have Kenny Gade and they have Shepard and they have Ingram. They have Kenny Rudolph, Kevin, uh, excuse me, uh, Rudolph um, out there. Kyle too. Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph, excuse me. Yeah, him, yeah excuse me. Uh, respect to him. I, I like our team. We'll get tested. I just, I'm just. We're going to get tested. We're going to get tested. So we'll we'll James, see. James James got laser eye. I don't know what situation. Oh, is. I can't wait too. Y'all play, uh, you know, the elite game manager of Tom Brady. Y'all played him in Tampa. Oh, that's a dub. It's a dub. You don't want to see y'all, him. Y'all played him last year. Y'all play against y'all top ten favorite quarterback Stafford also this year. So we'll see how y'all. That's do gonna be a tough one, but that's gonna be a tough one. That's gonna be a much tougher game. I don't expect. I don't. I don't expect to win that game. I'll be honest with you, but but I think the Giants are a team that could be that are going to finish above 500, get me nine, ten wins, get in the playoff as a wild card, or maybe win the division, right? Depending on what happens to Washington and how Ryan Patrick plays. That's my prediction for the Giants this year. That's why I think things sit. I think it's all about Dame Jones taking that next step, and I have no doubt he's going to do it. No doubt with the pieces they got. Dame Jones throws one is, is one of the best touch passers in. Ball, bro, and you gave him one of the best back shoulder th- option threats in the NFL. You gave one of the better deep threats on the field, one of the best 50 50 ball contested catch catch guys in the NFL. And Kenny Galladay, that's the biggest addition they're going to make. Do you add if you add Devontae Smith it, just working the slot? He's, he's going to be one of the best route runners in football off the rip, like right away, right away. Miles shaking his head, saying what? Miles shaking his head. I'm shaking. I'm shaking my head because you guys aren't gonna take a receiver. Or... Oh, oh, you want to bet? You, yeah, they will, bro. Yo, think about it. I want to bet. I bet you they're not gonna take a receiver in the Mons, first round. Miles, Miles, pause, pause. I don't think you should do that bet. You know he has Joe Judge's number on speed dial, so he really might know that they taking a wide receiver. That's not. They're not. They're not the old lineman. Receiver. The old linemen aren't gonna fall. The only way the Giants don't take a. The only way the Giants don't take um. Uh, don't take a receiver out at 11, is if Slater or Penny Sewell falls to 11. We both know that's not going to happen if the Bengals aren't stupid, which they might be. So we Watch have to- your mouth. <laughs> okay. so Watch your to- mouth. I'm actually reading an article right now on Penny Sewell, and, and ESPN is talking about why it would be a mistake if the Bengals pass on him. So that's what I'm reading right now. But go ahead. Slater's not going to fall to 11. This is, the old linemen in this draft are high, are premier players. They're going to be really good. They're not falling to the Giants at 11. So the Giants, so who's who's more likely to fall? Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and you'll have to pick between him and Sertain maybe. The Giants don't need to if they go sign McCordy on top of all this. The Giants don't need, don't need to retain. The best bet is taking Devontae Smith. He's a Calvin Ridley type player. He's like Calvin Ridley. You know how good Calvin Ridley is? He's insane. Yo, they don't even talk about him nearly enough. Yo, the Giants get him on top of what they have. Now you now you really doubling up and you're really banking on Daniel Jones's development and him being a superstar this year. That's what's gonna happen, bro. Yo, they gonna get Devontae Smith. Just watch. It's it's the, it's the most reasonable pick, too. The edge rushers in this draft aren't that good. Michael Parsons. They're not, not to take that high, but I also don't think that you need to take one of the receivers just because you feel the need to. I think that 
this class is also deep enough that you can wait to the second round to take a receiver. If you don't, I think Rashad Bateman might not be a first round pick. He might drop to the second round. So you you never know. If you were able to get a lineman and then bounce back and get Bateman or Tony or one of those other receivers, but in the second round, I think that would be worth way more than taking what 170 pounds soaking wet. Yeah, that don't seem to stop Ridley. Him being Ridley, small. Come on. And 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 he yo, he never lost in man coverage in college. He never lost in man coverage. Like he never lost in press. They, when they press him at 170 pounds, he just gets off the line. He's got the best release. He's got one of the highest PFF grades for any wide receiver coming out of the draft, period. I, I, I talked myself into Devontae Smith. I well, I, I don't think he's going to drop that far. One. No, really? I don't think he's making it to 11. And really? I don't think you guys should take Waddle either. So you think in a draft where they're going to take four quarterbacks in the top 10, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle not falling to the Giants? Who's to say there are going to be four quarterbacks taken? I don't think Mac Jones will go top 10. Okay, cool. Four quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, right, at three. Your fourth quarterback would be who? Is it Mac Jones is the fourth they're talking about? Or who's, who's another one? I'm missing somebody. I mean, I'm not Wilson. Not there's four, there's four there, there's four there. Zach Wilson. Zach, yeah, Zach Wilson. So, oh, so, we, so those four guys going top 10, my guy. Yeah, and then other teams are going to take receivers. I can see the Panthers taking Devontae Smith. Honestly, they just lost Curtis Samuel. Makes sense. The Panthers not taking Devontae Smith. I would be shocked if they took Devontae Smith, to be quite honest with you. Why would would that be a shock? Like, give Sam as many weapons as possible. They might go receiver. They might go O-line, which is more valuable. And their O-line is shaky. If I were – yo, if they take Devontae Smith, I'm happy. Understand this. The cool thing about being a Giants fan right now is that I don't need Devontae Smith. He's a luxury. He's icing on the cake. If I get if I get Slater, if, if they're stupid enough to get Slater fall to the Giants, let's take Slater. We'll get a wide receiver in the next round. We'll get Tony. That's cool. I'm not pressed for nothing because the Giants have won free agency. That's the cool thing about being a Giants fan. I know. Right, so how much, how much are we betting that they take a receiver in the first round? I'm, I don't have to make that bet. Okay, because you don't feel that confident now. I think, I think he was talking a lot two minutes ago. I think they, they take him yeah. But I also think that the reality of it is because the Giants won free agency, they can do whatever they want. And it's a good move. They're going to pick the right guy, no matter what it is. I, I can celebrate that. But I want my dream scenario is to get Devontae Smith. My dream scenario. I say, I say trade down. He won't do that. I want him to. They won't, Devin, De- De- Gettleman doesn't do it. Yo, Any I agree with Miles. Y'all should draft a lineman if possible. If you're drafting a wide receiver that high, there might be too much pressure on Danny Dimes to perform well. Oh my God. He already, he already has enough. And that's a hard bank- reason to take a wide receiver. I <laughs> are banking on him actually performing well this season. If he does not do what you're predicting, Trust and believe all of our followers and everybody on this show will be bringing this back up because y'all are banking on Danny Dimes to really perform well. We got all the weapons. That don't mean a darn thing. He still got to perform. He will perform. But most people don't. Yeah. I don't see him top 12, 10, as you're predicting. So 
And then I think, the team, Ryan, I, think the team, I think the team is going to be good, but you might see what you're saying about Tom. The same with Danny Dimes. He might be a game manager next year. Hell no. In a league where Tannehill can be top 12 in the NFL, you tell me Daniels can't? He's way more. Well, he's not better than Tannehill. Who? Tannehill's top. Who? He's not better than Tannehill. <laughs> yeah, as of right now. As of right now, because, and, and mind you, Tannehill was horrible in the Dolphins, went to a situation where he, was, where he was loaded up with good receivers, had a good running game. What happened? It all turned around. You, you're giving Dane, and he's going to have to take on Barkley back fully healthy with an offensive line that was pulling up holes all over the place last year for Gallman to run. What do you think Saquon's going to do with those holes? He's cribbing all those. He's cribbing those. He's going to the house. Yo, just wait, bro. Just wait. If, in a league where Tannehill could be a top 12 quarterback, in a league where Kirk Cousins could be a top 12 quarterback one year, in a league where Jimmy Garoppolo can be considered a top 12 quarterback when things were going right for him in San Francisco, right? Daniel Jones can be a top-top quarterback, and I say fairly easily. He's more talented than all three of them. All he, three can, guys he, can, he can be, but we'll see what happens. Last topic of the episode, Jamal Murray got injured out for the season. Do y'all think it is safe to say the condensed season is actually causing heightened injuries for the NBA, or is it just really another season of injuries? Condensed season. The condensed season is definitely a play here, for sure. It, it, these guys, I mean, it was the shortest offseason in NBA history. And they did it for the bag. I know the NBA did it for the bag, but now they're paying for it on the back end. That Denver team was supposed to be interesting to watch in the playoffs. Now it just changes the entire scope of the playoffs. It's a much easier ride to the finals. It just is. It's a much easier ride. I mean, I, I don't think the Clippers really scare anyone, even with the addition of Rajon Rondo. Um, you and you think about the um, the Suns, they're, they're a scary team, but they're still just young enough to where they can be taken advantage of. And they're missing a piece. There's something missing in that equation. I, I don't – you know what I mean? Like, I, I think they can beat a Clippers team. But you, if you're talking about just the way it affects the playoffs, if, the way it affects the viewership in the playoffs, it's going to matter. That The Denver Nuggets faithful, they're, they're, they're out of it. They're out of it. The Heat have been suffering injuries all year. Tyler Hero has been hurt all year. You don't think Tyler Hero's injuries coming out of college where he was playing 20 games a year to now making a jump where he played 82? He, no, he played easily over 100 games, right, going to the bubble and everything like that. They went to the finals. And now he's he's been hurt all year. His performance is down. He, he looks like he has no legs out there. You don't think there's anything to do with that? Yeah, he's young. But these guys, have, he's never played that many games before in, this, in a condensed period. Like, this is directly affecting the performance of the Miami Heat, too. Right? Like, it, it really is. If people want to talk about yeah. his performance, Tyler Hero's performance, Tyler Hero is way better than this. We've seen him more what he can do. But, like, that's just an example. I'm just I'm just honing in on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just affecting people from an injury perspective. It's affecting their performance in the fourth because their bodies don't have enough time to recover from a 100-game season if you played to the finals and even from an 82-game season when you're just making this jump. Only teams that are affected by this are the bad ones, like the Knicks last year. They get like a long break. Now they back, they refresh, they rejuvenize, and they're back out here. And you what know about the Nets though? The Nets, huh? y'all. I had a break too. The Nets were in the playoffs. But yeah, I didn't play hundred games. I'm not saying we did, and that's look fine. That's the that's uh, fine. 
KD, Andrew. Harden, Harden. Harden played a lot more games. Harden played a lot more games. You want my Harden? Harden's a hamstring injury is it, I, it could be a directly tied to the fact that he came back much sooner than you. Oh yeah, because he got to carry more of the load because you got KD was out for most of the year already, and KD. Katie's in such a little has played what over the last two seasons since bringing in Brooklyn. I think the same amount of games that we've all played. <laughs> you think he's you think he's funny, bro? Kyrie, <laughs> the Nets are the Nets are a special case scenario. I don't even use him as an example, honestly. Harden's the only really applicable example to this conversation because Harden played in the playoffs last year and it was grueling. But Hart, but you don't think you don't think him having to carry that load and him being actually a player more of like a LeBron James that if he's healthy, he's going to suit up unlike some other players in his league. And when you got to carry the team, he was an MVP conversation. So that's a lot on his plate on a load. And you ain't got your stars with you. He ain't got it. And when, if they decide to play, they healthy, or if they're not on personal breaks, maybe Harden doesn't get injured. It's possible that's the reason why Harden's in. I'm not saying that's not the case. But I'm also saying that the, the shortened off season, if we're talking about it from that perspective, that matters in it too. That because Harden's carried the load in Houston for years. What's what's so much different? The play style changed, but he was carrying the load. He was a high usage rate player in Houston, so I, I think that that's part of it too. But yeah, you make a good point. I mean, you got K- KD. I mean, Kyrie using all the PTO in the world, and then you got KD who just you got to be careful with. So I understand him being hurt. It makes a lot of sense. So I just think across the NBA, LeBron's injury has nothing to do with the short break. LeBron's a freak. Some guy just fell on his leg the wrong way. Don't make it about his age. A- AD's injury could be directly correlated to last year. That's wear and tear. That's a soft tissue injury on in his calf. So that's directly correlated to the short offseason, them winning the championship, having to turn around real quick and play intense basketball right away. Like, that's it's ridiculous. So, yeah, the, the NBA teams, I heard they're upset about it. GMs are upset about it. They have the right to be. Denver has the right to be upset about it. I get it. It was a freak injury with Jamal. But um, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's no one's gonna feel bad for you. You gotta go out there and play. And um it's it's tough to see the, the this league's best players go down. I just hope that we get to see most of these guys healthy and get these fun playoff matchups that we all have been waiting for as well. We'll see. Turning the conversation, let's talk about Denver. What does this mean for Denver and their organization? Jamal Murray, his injury, the recovery time is a year. So he will be back next year around this time. So all the next year they're not having Murray. They're not having him for the rest of the playoffs. What does this mean for the Denver organization who think it's safe to say they were in the conversation and they had hopes of championship aspirations? So what does this mean for Denver for their next, for the playoffs and next year? I think this just means it's a bigger load on Jokic's plate, honestly, because, I mean, if – if he didn't already have a big enough load on his plate now, Jesus, now that Murray's out, they really need him to play like an MVP. So this, it changes their dynamic because Jamal Murray, I mean, he's, he's an up and coming star in this league. He's pretty good. He might've been, you know, gassed because of the bubble last year, but I think that they can still do something in the playoffs like they still got pieces like this team is deeper than just Jamal Murray like they just traded for Aaron Gordon they still have Monte Morris who is a solid backup point guard who can definitely run the point he's not Jamal Murray but I mean you can't really replace a guy like Jamal Murray 
just like that. So I think that this knocks them out of the title hunt, at least for this year until they get Jamal back. But who knows? You could compete still in this league. I don't know if they'll do a bubble situation for the playoffs, but COVID could be a, another thing that happens. Like Zach Levine just got it or he's in the protocol. So that wipes him out for two weeks. That could happen to anybody in the playoffs. So that's another factor that you got to factor into the playoffs too. But this is a big loss for them. Like Jamal Murray, I don't know. He's out for the next probably year and a half. I don't think they bring him back maybe until the end of next year, if that. So now you got to kind of make do with what you got. Yeah, at that point, too, when they bring him back, it, it might be a wash. If it's not until, you know, May of next year, it's like, hey, the season ends in, in June. Why are bringing him back, right? So um, it's going to be a lot of players having to step up. Obviously, Aaron Gordon being new to that team is going to have to make his presence known and whatnot. Um, but it's it's just crazy how, how these injuries can happen and, like, literally change the trajectory of of the course of your season, even over the course of the next few years, we were literally just talking about the, uh, not him, but the team a few, a few episodes ago, weren't we saying, um, you know, within the next two to three years, we could potentially see them competing for a final championship and then boom, this happens. So, um, whoever voted on that poll, <laughs> sorry to tell you that you might not be seeing them in the finals anytime soon. Facts. Um, Sad to say, you know, Murray getting injured. Hopefully, you know, he comes back has a speedy recovery. Everything is good. He um, is healthy for Denver. They're on a two-game winning streak since. I mean, they beat Houston tonight, but it, it's Houston. Um, 128-99. to Jokic stepped up. At the end of the day, it's Lakers and six. Y'all know the vibes. Bench mob, if you stay ready, you only got to get ready. That's including on the court. Stay ready. Condensed schedule, non-condensed schedule. Lakers and six. We out. Peace.